Can you tell me a little bit about you and your bagpipes? Do you have them with you where you are? I do, I do. They're right over here. Let me just stretch. Oh. There they are. I see them. I'm throwing them over my shoulder. So I'll blow. The first sounds you hear, they're kind of, which usually turns into a nice, are the drones. Mm. They form a collection of notes that don't change. Yeah. So that's quite a lovely sound. Now, if I squeeze a little harder on my bagpipe bag, that is where you get the kind of real screech, the knee sound, um, <laughs> to put it in a very academic way. Nee. <sighs> this is very loud. Ladies and gentlemen, it's go. it's nine o'clock in the morning where Ross is right now, <laughs> and I am. My neighbors hate me. I apologize for getting you kicked out of your apartment. <laughs> I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, I'm talking with Ross Jennings, also known as the First Piper. I started this journey in 2014, and. Um, cheesy, but it has been life-changing in a very wonderful way. We're going to hear how bagpipes took Ross far from Scotland, all around the world, and how he found a connection everywhere he went. More after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com slash music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. I've known Ross Jennings, or at least sort of known of him for years. One of the things that Atlas Obscura does is lead trips around the world. Small groups, like 12 people, going all over the place. And Ross led some of those trips for us through Scotland. What I didn't know about Ross, at least not at first, is that he's been on a world-spanning quest for years now. So the quest is it's to play the bagpipes in every country of the world. 
Ross began his quest back in 2014. He's piped in more than 100 countries now, from Mozambique to Peru. But his interest in the bagpipes began way, way before that. Okay, bagpipes. Uh, gosh, where do I start? The history of the bagpipes dates that back thousands of years. Music historians tend to align on the fact that pipes come from the Middle East. That's that mm. they're certain on. Lots of people suggest Egypt, basically where they had shepherds, sheep, goats. They had bagpipes. But then certain countries kind of claim them. You've got Iran and, and Persian. Of course, when people think of bagpipes, they think Scotland, which makes sense. They've got a lot of bagpipes there. And Ross is Scottish himself, but for most of his childhood, he actually lived in East Asia, mostly in China. It's great when you live abroad, but I think when you're away from your birth country or your cultural country or whatever that might be, you learn about these cultural aspects from that country and then you, you yearn for it. You become more like that. So often they say Scottish people become more Scottish the further mm. they are away from Scotland. It was while Ross was living in China that he first got interested in his Scottish heritage in country dancing, and in bagpipes. He loved the idea of them. But there were just not a lot of places to learn how to play the bagpipes in China at that time. And when Ross was 14, his parents sent him to school in England. And one day, they had a school assembly. And then suddenly, from outside, the bagpipes start. And in marches my bagpipe teacher to be this wonderful <laughs> lady called Bernie, Bernie Aiken. And she stands there piping in front of all of us for about, like, two or three minutes. That's all it took. And we were in our school chapel. So it was a, like, designed to kind of, like, reverberate sound. And, like, you don't just hear bagpipes, you feel them. So I sat there, my little 14-year-old self, thinking, wow, this is so cool. The school offered free lessons to anyone who wanted to learn the bagpipes. And Ross signed right up. It was a bit of a weird instrument to start, I'll be honest. Yeah, not the best choice when you're like an awkward kid that's just moved from China. <laughs> that it sounds not very English. Not, um, nothing like the bagpipes to make you seem cool, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Legend. Marching bands and bagpipes. Yeah. So cool. Ross played the pipes through high school. And after graduating, he took a gap year to travel. I would use the pipes to earn money to then pay for travels. And it was a bit of a cyclical thing. So pipe and money, travel, pipe and money, travel. Ross found himself piping in some strange scenarios. Whiskey brands were trying to expand into China. They were having a, a moment there. So they'd put on tastings and, you know, whiskey, you think Scotland. So they needed bagpipes. So they'd call up Ross. There was not a lot of competition. Then, weirdly, polo started to become a thing in China. And sometimes the whiskey brands would sponsor the polo tournaments. And so they'd call up Ross. I was piping at polo tournaments in Shanghai, um, which is just so weird. But it paid. That is a really unexpected bagpipe musical journey that, that you went on. <laughs> After his gap year, he went to university and moved to London. And there he met an adventurous bunch of people, people who had climbed Mount Everest or visited the South Pole. And I thought, wow, wow, very inspiring. Why can't I do that? But I'm not quite as like badass and like outdoorsy, but I can, I can play the pipes. And I know it sounds so silly, but I just, I really love the idea of being the first person to do something. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, wow, why don't I be the first person to play the bagpipes in Antarctica? I thought, ha, manageable, that's cool. 
Um, so like I burst through my doors, opened my laptop because I thought I'd better do a bit of research. And um, up pops that damn photo. I've seen this photo. It is delightful. It's a black and white photo of a man in a traditional kilt standing on the snow, bagpipes over his shoulder with a huge penguin standing next to him. From 1906, <laughs> and I thought, you, bu- you bastard. Yeah, <laughs> you beat me. Yeah. <laughs> well, who wants to pipe in uh, Antarctica anyway? Just Antarctica Cold. anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah. Beat me by 108 right. years. Yeah. So I thought, fine, if you're going to do that, I'll do it in every country. And with that, Ross's quest was born. Today, he has played the bagpipes in 106 countries. But back in 2014, when he was first setting out, Ross thought he would begin this journey in Africa. The first country as part of the the first Piper adventures was Tunisia. I rented a car in Tunisia. And every time I went through this little town, but any town, on the road heading out, heading in, there was always a roadblock with a bunch of police people. So the first bloody town I go through, they beckoned me over and... um, they're quite sort of aggressive and trying to be all serious police people. Uh, roll down my window, and I don't speak French, I don't speak Tunisian Arabic or like even Fusa Arabic. Um, just a couple of words. So I didn't really know what they were saying, but they were asking for my passport. So I give them my passport, fine. They get all angry, grab my keys, and they want to go through my, their documents. And then they get really angry, um, pointing at the date, ah, shouting, get out, ah, grabbing my stuff, um, grabbing my bags, putting them on the side of the road. And then they make me go through all my stuff, and I open up my bagpipe bag. And they all freeze. And they go, Mesuid? Now, luckily, that was one of the few Arabic or Tunisian Arabic words that I knew. And Mesuid means bagpipes. Hmm. And they go, Yalla. <laughs> and luckily, Yalla is the other sort of Arabic word that I know. Yalla, let's go. Let's do it. Let's hear it. Yalla, Mesuid. So I start to assemble my bagpipes together. And I play for them. And they lose it. They were like, yes! <laughs> like clapping, dancing, mashallah, alhamdulillah. Then there's suddenly my best friend. <laughs> uh, you never know. Oh. Man, bagpipes get you out of a tight spot. And it turns out that night, I was a bit confused. because I thought, what on earth is happening? It turns out it is the national instrument of Tunisia. The bagpipes. <sighs> Mind blown. Yeah, the bagpipes. But not the great hunting pipes, the pipes that I play. Their own Probably original, like the OG version of the pipes from thousands of years ago. So um, pipes originating from the Middle East, Egypt, North Africa. Yeah. They've got their own version of the pipes. Yeah. And that is their national instrument. And, and, then you, and then I realize it and you kind of start hearing it. It's pretty much in every song on the radio. Isn't that wild? That's something I find fascinating because it seems like, you know, there is this cultural connection. Like you say bagpipes and the next word is Scottish. It's really interesting that it seems like maybe bagpipes have a bit more of a a world history. Is that something you've encountered in other places you've gone? Absolutely. There's over 100 dif- different types of pipes around the world from something like 40 plus different countries. Hmm. Basically, every European country has their own version of the bagpipes. I believe there's like four types of bagpipes in Italy alone, hmm. um, in Spain, five, etc. And they're all part of folk culture. Now, if you go further away towards the Middle East... That's where, as I said, the original OG bagpipes come from. But it's very cyclical in a weird way because with um, bagpipes in North Africa, Middle East, I should say South Asia too, because there's places there that have bagpipe type things, and then the British Empire, bagpipes were then introduced to countries all around the world. South Africa, Kenya, countries in the Caribbean, 
um, Malaysia, Singapore, all have bagpipes too, Hong Kong, and now obviously China. It also seems like, you know, the quest is just a great way to travel around the world. It's a great excuse to have to <laughs> go to tons of amazing places. And then you get there and you can do this thing that immediately people must be curious about, drawn to, want to talk to you. What a, what a wonderful way to sort of make surprising connections with people wherever you go. I went through your your Instagram uh, the other day, and and I, there's a great picture of you. I think it's in Guatemala, standing next to a guy. You're in your kilt, your Scottish Highland kilt, and he is in like a almost I, very similar garb. True, yeah. And I was like, this is fascinating. Like, is that a traditional Guatemalan thing? Yes, in in short, it is. He's wearing a uh, a kilt because. Many of the Mayan communities in Guatemala, in the highlands, I should say, wore kilts or kilt type things. And what's crazy is there's even that kind of checkered, slight checkered pattern mm -hmm. to it. In Guatemala, you see a lot of women that still wear, they call it traje typico, traditional dress. Mm -hmm. And that often involves some sort of dress, a belt, and this wonderful blouse type thing, which is called a, um, a whipple, a whipple. And Every part of that represents where they're from. It's so cool. And it's kind of just like Tartan culture. Mm -hmm. There are specific whippills that link you to San Juan La Laguna, a town on the, on the shores of Lake Atalan. You set off on this trip to, to find the kind of breadth and depth of the world. And then you also end up finding all these like beautiful parallels, these wonderful rhymes, you know, like mountain culture, shepherd culture, rhymes around the world. And like, there's something so... Yeah like wonderful and it fills you with good feeling to sort of see these sort of similarities and these beautiful kind of repeating forms of human expression. Do you have any travel upcoming? Do you know somewhere you're going next? I do, actually. Oh, I'm going to Egypt. Oh. Oh, I know. I'm... You're going to the where it all started. You're bringing your bagpipes <laughs> to where it started. We're coming full circle and that will be country number 107. Not that I'm counting. This has just been a, a joy to talk to you. Oh, thanks, Dylan. Will you do us the honor of playing us out of the interview? Oh, yeah. Yeah. What tune do you want? Should we give a, a sad one or a happy one? We'll do a happy one. Thank you very much, team. Woo! All the best. <laughs> that was Ross Jennings, a.k.a. the first Piper. Sometimes guide for Alice Obscura trips, always a delight, and ever on a quest to play bagpipes. You can watch him on this quest at his Instagram, the first Piper. And you can also check out his website. We have a link in the episode description. This episode was produced by Johanna Mayer. Special thanks to Sarah Wyman for all their work on this episode. 
Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Stitcher Studios. The production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Willis Ryder-Arnold, Manolo Morales, Baudelaire, Gabby Gladney, Chica Okoye. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. If you want to learn more, be sure to visit atlasobscura.com. There is a link in the episode description. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Travel is great, but planning for travel can be time-consuming and difficult. That's where One Travel comes in. With One Travel, you'll find everything you need to book the perfect trip. Flights, hotels, cars, transportation, it's all right there. With One Travel, you can book online, via app, or even pick up the phone and talk to a travel advisor ready to help you make your selections. Visit onetravel.com/music or call 855-437-2154. Plan it, book it, live it. One Travel. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure that you're always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.